Okay, oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about my emotional issue while you turn off the fridge. Okay. <clears throat> every week I come to your house to do this podcast. And every week you guys go... <laughs> wow. We're going to get a new fridge, by the way. Are we're you? Gonna get, we're getting a new fridge. That's the one thing. Well, that's all part of this. This, this is so, about this. This actually already, goes along with uh, all the New Year's resolutions and, is, and changing and all that thing. So the worst intro ever. <laughs> but every time I come over here. You guys get better and better looking. Oh gosh! And and I I looked I looked in the mirror today. You need money. What is that? No, <laughs> what do you need? For sure. And I'm like, men get better looking. They the salt and pepper, their features get you know more crisp, and I just increasingly look like an old man. <laughs> oh God, stop! That, that is not great. true. That well, is not no, true. I even said when you walked in, I. Yeah, I gave you a compliment, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that good at it. I know I need to be. Yeah, no, Drew's New Year's resolution is to give more compliments. Yeah, but you specifically, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I pumped up the volume. I did my hair. I put makeup. I put lipstick on. I wore an outfit that coordinated. I was like, uh, uh, she getting old and looking like oh, an gosh. old. No, I look like Clint Eastwood. It's bothering me, and I'm just, I'm, I'm. It's like although I will, I will chime <laughs> in on this because you do have to try. When, when you're getting older, you have to try a lot harder. I yes. brought these glasses to, look, to oh, look, today. Oh, look, we're like tw- to look we're triplets To distract. Today. Why do you think? I mean, look, we're both I mean, wearing we're hats literally. and glasses to distract yeah. from the actual what's going on. Yeah, here. these are distractions from the age. You know? yeah. yeah. This is well, all good. Yeah, but I can't distract from my face that much. <laughs> so it's, almo- it's almost like my body saying, hey, guys, we're closed for business. Like women, uh. women wilt and men like... Just continue yeah. to, it's like, it's 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. It's like every guy at, at every well, age. Well, it's just decades and decades of like imagery for advertising and all this stuff that women have an impossible beauty standard. standard. Yes. And, you know, men just don't. It's just like, it's all in the cell. And Be, you don't men, have a beauty like standard. Men get better as they you, age. But you, oh, yeah, but of course you we do. do. Okay, yeah. okay, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. finish with this. I have a really big announcement for us, but I'm just telling you, gravity affects women differently than men. I'm gonna end right there. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yes. By the way, hi guys. This is awesome. Um, I have a really big announcement, and then I want to talk about the guest we have coming on today. Um, huge announcement, guys. I was able to get some feedback from Apple Apple Podcasts, oh, and wow. we are ranked number thirty six. What in oh mental health? In the Republic of Korea. That's amazing. Oh my God, I uh, love Korea. Hello to Somewhere. all of our Korean friends. Como estás there? Why did you start shouting? <laughs> so pretty exciting, number 36. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to send a shout out to South Africa. We're number 120 in mental health in South Africa. That's incredible. Oh, so well, for, all, for all of our up, fans man. that are um, staying yeah. with us through the time that we learn how to refine audio and <laughs> learn how to talk and learn how you to know? talk and share. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but, but I love Korea and thanks and for listening guys. Yes. Thanks. South Africa. Uh, and South Africa. <laughs> we yeah. love you. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> probably just Alan Santini's parents. Oh, is it? Yeah. oh yeah. Cause Alan's oh. Right. or is Alan, wait, Alan is back there right now, right? <laughs> no, he's here. No. Well, oh, okay. I, I, it's hard oh, we to lost a list. He's a jet then. setter. 
Yeah, yeah that's one less, yeah, 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 one less listener. Um, okay, so I do want to give a pre- pre- uh, wow brief preview of our uh, guest today. He's really he's such a cool guest. His name is Brett Bartholomew. I met Brett years ago at the Sorenex um, Equipment uh, Conference oh, cool. uh, down in South Carolina, and he was one of the speakers, and I was just blown away by this dude. And uh, he uh, is one of the... I mean, his ethos is like he believes in the power of the efficacy of communication, and he teaches it. And uh, to toot his horn, he's the founder of The Art of Coaching. Uh, he is an author. Uh, Conscious Coaching is his book. It's a great book. Um, if you are a reader, get into it. Uh, he coaches youth to Olympians and pros, um, and he is a resource now more than ever for coaches and leaders, not just in, don't just think like sports and like right. trainers like me, because he is a resource for me, but from military leaders to corporations. So pumped to talk to him, pumped for you guys to meet him. You've never met him, and he's a big part of my life, so I'm excited to bring him to our listeners. Um, but first, uh, so you guys remember Colby Wright? Of oh, course. Gosh. One of my favorites. I mean... He, uh, I mean, everyone's favorite. Once you meet him once, you're in for a life. Uh, but I, I let him know we were talking about New Year stuff. We were catching up. And he goes, I'm going to drop. He's like, can I drop by? Can I come by? So I, oh, I talked to Kobe and come by and talk. Amazing. Oh, great. Amazing. Awesome. So before we get to Brett, I'm going to, I'm going to actually, oh, and he, and speak of the devil, he's right here. So I'm going to let him come into the room and come hang out and. Um, okay, cool. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, well, what a nice because surprise. Kobe, and, and I just wish I had a, a little door opening and closing uh, thing. Yeah. As a reminder to everybody listening, uh, Colby Wright was a season, uh, Biggest Loser Season 17 contestant uh, for me. Uh, he ended up taking third place. Um, was a fantastic, fantastic guest for us, episode five. So um, if you weren't a fan then, you will be now. This is Colby Wright. Awesome. Colby, can you hear me? Hello, hello. Oh, hello. Yes, I can hear y'all. Look, listen to that sweet voice. It's coming <laughs> in. Li- We're just checking your sound, too. And wow, really put, good. Do you want to put your screen on so we can see the legend? Yeah, you know, old uh, computer hacker here. Trying <laughs> 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 to figure it all out. There it is. Hey. Hey. There he is. Are you, oh yo, yo, yo. Are, yo. You, are you growing your hair out again? I love it. Have you, have you, I've got oh, a pure, oh my I've God. got a pure man, I got full a full man, man, man bun, I love it. Full man bun. It looks uh, great. Actually, well, I have been exactly, uh, November 25th, one year, no haircut. No oh way. Oh my gosh. Over a year. Now, now, I did trim the sides, and it's yeah. kind of become a super mullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Was that like a New Year's resolution from 2021? <laughs> No you haircuts? Know, Could it be? It's no? funny with yeah. uh like with Matthew and the Foster stuff, like one of the few things that you can't do is get their haircut. Because mm-hmm. it's something you have to get permission from the parents. Well, because the parents are nowhere in the scene. Uh Matthew hasn't had a haircut. Oh He's God. three. So, so like now that we've got him uh adopted, now he can get a haircut. But like he likes it long. He likes the wild look. Yeah, <laughs> tiny, oh, so you're stealing it. Well, from tiny, him. tiny, but massive piece of information. We should tell, I mean, nobody has any idea about what adoption, like the adoption process has been for you guys. But, uh, I mean, you, you've had Matthew since how, how old was he? Five, six months old. Five, six months old. And mm-hmm. only this fall, uh, he was yeah. legally 
uh, became oh amazing. My God. Congrats. Congratulations. So, amazing. Yeah. So that's what he and means. Oh, yeah. He wasn't able, you're not allowed to. Oh my God. That's incredible. Awesome. Really well, that, give them wow. a name, cut their hair, anything. So it was a big, wow. it was a big deal. So you're oh, actually you yeah. you're like, I'm his dad now. Like for real. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, now legally, I can actually, and I can yeah. tell him when he needs a haircut. It's like, that, that exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. We're all, it's funny. We're, we, we all got long hair. The baby's got long hair. Hope there's long hair. <laughs> I didn't realize how disrespectful long hair was when I grew it out. Uh, everybody's like, oh, you need a haircut. You need this. You need that. And I'm like, man, I said, I didn't, I didn't realize it was such a big deal. So now I have a different point of view of like, you know, you pass them away, like, hey, man. Time for a haircut, right? And it's yeah. like, now I don't, I don't see anything now. Yeah. It gets a little, it gets a little heated around here. Yeah, yeah. Hair, big attitude. Let's do it. How's it going? How's it going there in Georgia? Huh? You know, we're just, we're just kicking it down here. We, uh, you know, some people wear masks, some people don't. Uh, everything's <laughs> still kind of, nothing's really slowed down for us, you know. Shoeing horses, we're kind of being in the animal field and agriculture. We're kind of, you know, we they never stopped us. We just yeah. keep running working. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've yeah. been pretty. We've been fortunate. What about you? Do you do you got any plans for yourself? I'm gonna try to meditate a lot more. Like hopefully, like twice a day. Yeah. Uh, cause it's really I mean, important once to me. Once is a good start. Yeah, once, once is good. But, but no, I would but start I'm, with I'm one, good at the, but, but two but it, I get. Yeah. It's very good for the brain to relax it. And it's as important, I think, as exercise. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to get your take on meditation. And if, are, are, have you been doing it? Do you do it? And what, so, or would I, you, you know? Well, <laughs> so like me, I don't really listen, listen funny cause I DJ on the weekends and do stuff like that. So, but I don't listen to very much music. Oh, so wow, like wow. lots of times when I'm riding down the road, it's just uh it's just me and whatever crazy things are running through your mind, you know. Uh so yeah. I get a lot of silent time and lots of times when I'm working on horses or whatever, I've got, you know, Sally Joe, she's telling me about all their life's problems and I'm just kind of tuned is out. Is Sally Joe the know? owner of the horse? Is that what you're Oh yeah, we we'll okay. just call her Sally Joe. That, you know, I don't want to incriminate nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sally Joe. Yeah. Uh, we'll just call her like, Sally Joe. Yeah. 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 So I'm yeah. all about uh I'm all about reflection like that. We uh when when Hope actually left the ranch, funny story, you're supposed to like pack your bags like I would pack my stuff up, she'd pack her stuff up. So oh, let me let me packed. let me jump in real yeah, quick. So essentially, at the it's really kind of crazy when you are uh, at the end of a um, when you're in an episode, you're all weighing in, and that means someone that night goes home. And if it's like a vote, that means everyone's got to pack their bags. You don't know who's going home, and you don't have time to to go to your room and to to pack things up and to get out. So because you're literally leaving right, you're at that you're time. no yeah. one. You don't get to see anyone. You, get to you don't even. Yeah, you, you don't, don't to, step back on. You don't step back in the house. Exactly. Like, wow. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Yeah, you're you're yeah, going. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like they treat you like yeah. So anyway, they were both yeah. packed up. That's what Colby meant. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So she's got everything in one bag. I'm like, ah, hope you know you need to you know we gotta separate it. Well, anyway, hope ends up going home. So when she leaves, I'm left with like oh, your stuff. A box of tampons, a hairbrush, and some toothpaste. Like that's it. Like I don't have nothing. Like I had to send the the poor PAs. I'm like, could y'all go buy me some underwear? And like no, I had like, to send them a Target room. Like I don't have anything. Like I literally had what I was wearing, and then like whatever was oh my left, God. you know, oh my in the God. drawer. Yeah. 
So I got the. I was like, man, uh, just how about some white Hanes t-shirts? Yeah, so <laughs> I look did, like a yeah. pure. I like a like a hobo most of the season because I literally had to go buy two pairs. Of, you know, whatever I have. Yeah, I would love to bring oh this God. back of how, what of what that has to do with meditation, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I don't even know. I, don't, I you know, you know, I run off. But it's good to be. So when she left, everybody had like. They had, you know, iPod. at that time it would have been, what's the little stick that had music? Everybody had earplugs. The stick that had uh, music, an iPod? Air, 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 uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. iPod. The mini, the, the, mini, like, the little oh. tiny mini thing. Yeah, the yeah. little mini. So that yes. was, you know, back in the 1900s, whenever yeah. I was on the TV show. <laughs> totally. So, like, when, when Hope left, she took the music. Oh, oh my like God. Me, not thinking, like, why not just spend 150 bucks and buy it? I'm just stuck watching everybody run. Oh my God! And all silence. I hear is just bump, 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 bump. I'm just listening. I'm just counting all footsteps, so and uh, I probably I don't like to run now. So, <laughs> so I yeah, have forced meditation. That's, yeah, I was gonna say it's forced oh. meditation. He well, said that's why that, maybe that's where the reflection started to seep its way in. Forced and reflection. That's, that's really it because it made me because everybody's like they're jamming out. See, Mall Beach. She's got jaw rule or something. Yeah. You of course, know, she does. Some bone thug music and all this other stuff, and like here I am. I'm just watching everybody run. I was like, man, I got to figure this game out. And it just, and that's kind of when I got started thinking about it. I was like, man, there's, there's a little something through the silence and Absolutely. you really get wow. a, a better mm-hmm. glimpse of what's going Inc- on. Incredible. A better glimpse. That's, yeah. I do believe that that's true. Like whenever I, I, I remember I went saying a, like, I can't go through my playlist, go run without music. Remember we used to both, like, I, I used to go through periods where I would try to, when I worked out at a gym and I would run three miles a day, like on a treadmill and I would do it in silence for a period when I was uh, in a period of meditation. Or I remember when I used to do Kabbalah, I used to do that and go through these periods and, uh, and do it in silence and go through these meditations. And you can run so fast and run forever, honestly, if you really get into it. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. clearly you fall off the wagon and you get your playlist back and you're like, okay, this is good. This <laughs> yeah. is comfortable. Like, what okay, was I, I was thinking? Scared. Yeah. What was yeah. I thinking? But yeah. I'm, I, I must say like shoe and horses must be, because first of all, you're in the presence of a beautiful animal, big animal, yeah. and and just and you're tending to them. It's actually like a very spiritual exercise. Well, well, yeah. Would you well, call it? You. I mean, we'll ask right. you. Yeah, yes. it depends. Yeah, we assume it's a it is. Yeah. We assume you're like on a cloud shooting well, horses, but how was it really? How does I mean, I watch Yellowstone. Oh, I know oh, how this. Oh, is. Oh, you know, I've seen it. See my dirty hands. In a. I mean, it's a it's a nasty job. Like you learn so much stuff. Is like, uh, I mean, like when you like when a horse is standing there, you you kind of you pet him and kind of let him know what's going on. And like you take your hand, you're kind you're kind of easing it down his leg, and like you can feel the pulsation of like his heartbeat. And like you can tell what a horse is going to do just as soon as you once you get a hold of him. And you've got him in your hand, like you can kind of feel the, the situation out right then. Like mm-hmm. you can tell how nervous he is. You can tell, you know, how easy it's going to be. And then some of them's just sneaky. You know, they'll give yeah. you that. They'll give you yeah. that warm feeling, like, oh yeah, I'm I'm all about this. And then they, you know, pop yeah. it. Like, hell, I got. Luckily, my nose looks good. I I got hit in the <laughs> nose. Uh, yeah. Thought it broke my nose the other day. Yeah. Uh, horse called me with its foot. You know, wow. I I thought everything was good, and he just just a Did dirty old. Did you get bit the other day? I think I bit. Oh, I got bit 
bit the day. Luckily, I put the gun on him and hurt his <laughs> Did you bite? Did, the, did Kobe, when we were setting up this call, so he goes, if the horse bites me, I bite the owner. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Did you bite it? I told you the other day, I was like, I've been bit by more dogs that don't bite and more horses that just love on you. That's <laughs> you. He's like, you yeah, know. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love um, but, yeah, I'm all, I, I love the idea of reflection. And even like, mm-hmm. like, and if I had to tell someone, like, they're going to start out running or something, I think you need to get started with, like, the big time, you know, the big time run and, like, the big music and get you pumped up. But, like, I think, yeah, I think everybody ought to take at least one song. And, like, if you want to finish strong, finish strong with your favorite music. But, like, man, take it, take yeah. two or three minutes and just think about what you got going on and how you want to finish this race. Yeah, be present in the moment. And that's when you can really perform a lot of time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because so you'd that- be surprised. Uh, I tell you, like, one of the best ones is the old movie. Uh, I know they made a remake of it with. Uh, I forgot what the girl's name. Anyway, what uh, what women won't know? What is it where the where the guy can Mel hear? Mel Gibson. Yeah, what Mel women Gibson. want? You got it. Okay, so the Nike commercial, the ladies running through the park, and you can hear what she's thinking. Mm. And like, it's a really good reference to go to of like all this. All you hear is like you hear the flip, you hear the beating of the heart, you hear yeah. your, you know, your, it's a it's a cool little reference. No games, it. just sports. I remember yeah. the logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Look so, at that. I mean, Kobe and I have a memory for shit that don't matter. Um, okay, so just you know, thanks for coming by. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, advice besides reflection for people that are heading out into the new year from the POV of Cayville, uh, Georgia, and Colby Wright? Oh my gosh! One, uh, don't lick, don't lick the door handles. Okay, COVID's still around. Copy that. Uh, I heard a good one the other day talking about like purpose. And like how uh, purpose and potential, and like sometimes you know untapped potential, you know we've all got it, and it's just a matter of getting it. And uh, once you've achieved something, you know you've kind of lost that little bit of potential because you've achieved it. So like you've got to keep, you know, there's nothing wrong with being happy with who you are, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best version too. And if you always kind of strive to be a little better, then, uh, you know, the potential is always better. Mm. I like that. I love it. Yes. Just so better. much. So simple, too. It's like we were both talking about that earlier today mm-hmm. about trying harder in like everything, but even just at the gym, even though we do CrossFit and stuff, it's like actually try and be present and try to do well mm-hmm. in the workouts. We just kind of been going through the motions for the last couple of years and, you know, getting older, you you kind of settle into that. Well, I'm over 50 now. I just going to get through the workout. You know, don't push yourself too much. Don't get injured. Screw that. Screw that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I'm the one that looks like an old man. I know. That's why we wear hats and glasses. Yeah, you just cover up. You just hide that stuff, you know. They're 51. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's a handy piece of information. Over 50? Darn, guys. Know, so yeah. if you have any questions about your prostate or... Colon, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever. Or like your Medicare yeah. card. Yeah. I'll, oh, I'll yeah. give you their number. AARP, <laughs> yes. Yeah. All, AARP, yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. just a marketing They've thing. They've been modeling for AARP. Yeah. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. No. All right, Coles. Yeah.
Man, thank you so much for for dropping in like this. It's just always such a pleasure. Yeah. Bring such joy with you every time. I love it. Yeah, I hope we get to see you a lot more this year. This will be awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do it. We love yeah. it. Yeah. All right, my man. See about meeting up sometime. Oh, oh please. please. In person please. would be the best. You oh, my don't God. even know. We need to you, go to oh. Georgia. <laughs> Just do it. We need to do a satellite show. Are you kidding me? Oh, or if okay. you want to come, yeah, we can do both. Satellite. We can yeah. make this happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. I, yeah. I'll make sure I put in a request for extra Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> we'll meet at a Starbucks. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Colby. Y'all be careful out here. Okay. Thanks, Colby. Bye-bye. Bye, Colby. Talk soon. Put in for extra oh, one. <laughs> the best. Awesome. Oh my god. Oh man. He's my favorite sage. He it's makes me just, feel so good every yeah. time. You get and he's off not the phone even trying every time. He doesn't yeah. have to think at all. Yeah. And it's he's just, just like, naturally spiritual. He doesn't need to meditate. There's he, such a purity there. to him. It's just it's awesome. Is it yeah. purity awesome. or just honesty? Well, same, right? Yeah. 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 Right? It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, He's and honestly, so good. Like, when you said he wanted to come by, I was like, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. we really should Always. do that all the time. Yeah. It's funny. I when you threw him that meditation question, I was like, oh, here, here we go. Kobe's yeah. gonna like kind of let him know. Yeah. And and he he went to reflection. He's like, well, isn't reflection meditation? And I, and I, and, and that's why I was like, where are we going? We're on the ranch. Yeah. Hope left with your suitcase. What does this have to do? But it was all bringing him. He was forced. You said it perfectly, Drew. Yeah. It was forced meditation. He didn't have the distraction and he had all, you know, the clothes on his back quite literally and, yeah. and this, and the steps in the pavement and the wind in the air. And he, you know, he said, you get a better glimpse of where you are. Yeah. I thought that was so powerful. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, Kind of like, well, yeah, that's why millions of people meditate every day, but you hear it from that point of view and you're, you're like, oh yeah, it can be a lot of things. It it can be driving home from work with nothing Mm -hmm. on your radio. Although, you know, obviously listen to our show Um, (laughs) and it, and it can be the walk outside with nothing, or it can be, you know, in a true guided meditation. Yeah. Like in, in your bedroom. Yes. Or at home, wherever you decide. Yes. Wherever you're comfortable. Anyway, uh, by the way, I, Drew, when you said I hope to see more of you this year, I really, I, I feel like uh, Colby kind of weighing in on, uh, I could see him weighing on, on like a Hollywood relationship and yes. and and health and mental mental health alike, in, right? Oh, so every every aspect. By the way, if, listener, if, if you're if you're loving what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. Like, write us on our posts, let us know. Make sure you go to the website smallthingsincommon.com and subscribe. Um, because that gives us a chance, like a doorway to talk to you and know it works. But um, I'd love him back. Yeah, oh, I'd love him yeah. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always. Okay. Uh, Brett's here, so let's let him in. I love doing the show like this. This is awesome. Producer Jen. Why don't we just do it live? Big. Hey. hey, there he is. Hey. Hold on, oh, my video is starting. Oh, there. Oh, wow. Cool. Oh, hold on. Oh, sweet. Oh, good. He's got a really good setup. Look at all that fancy yeah, stuff. We need to learn from Can you. Can you hear my dulcet tones? <laughs> yes, oh my God. Very nice. That's amazing. Wow. Impressive. <laughs> very great. impressive, Brett. I wrote, I wrote Brett and I was like, very different text message from writing Colby to writing Brett. I was I'm, like, I, I was like, Colby, sure. I'm like being in a quiet room, yeah. have earphones on, think yeah. about, you know, no, don't be in a big space. And I was like, Brett, you know the sound stuff. So, yeah, Brett, maybe uh, you should oh, be coaching us on this uh, soundboard here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is this, yeah. Is this position, well, first right? of all, for nice to meet yeah all this of you. is i'm nice. derek i'm drew nice yeah. meeting you yeah. derek and drew yeah yes. i was uh 
when when we're on like episode 201 of our podcast and you'll give everybody a clean, very easy to follow thing. And then the one guy like literally was by an office building in LA with his like AirPods and he's like, kind of have it okay. And I'm like, thanks, You're like, thanks for taking the time. You know what's you- funny though? <laughs> I, I, so um, Brett's podcast is called The Art of Coaching and I did it. I remember I was still in Denver, so it was pre-pandemic. So, um, and I, and I followed all the steps and I listened to it back and I'm like, I effed up. It wasn't, it was not crispy. Really? I'd have to hear it again. I don't remember. Uh, and I'd tell you if I remember it. Listen, it's a fantastic interview. I did great. I was very insightful, but the sound was not, I, now that I care about sound, it's, it's, yeah. I was yeah. like, I, 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 ugh, I hide, I grimace. And you guys, sh- oh, go ahead. You're going to say something, Brett. I was just to say, people will forgive bad uh, video. They won't forgive bad audio. Yeah, yeah, it's everything. And there's no way to fix it. It's like, I mean, there's <laughs> no fix. Much more so this know. is kind of a fun crossroads. So Brett is one of the reasons I started a podcast. It was over a year ago now. I was asking about starting a podcast and I'd like, I, I, I had started a couple times and I was like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm here for you. Anything you need, you got to do it. You've got a voice. And he really, really, um, was just in my corner on it. So thank you for that. Cause we wouldn't be here without being there, starting there. And it came full circle to talking to these guys a few months later. And I was, you know, they're directors and producers and con, you know, they're just uh, constantly curating um, story, whether it's through film or photo. And um, in that conversation, they were like, you should be really doing a podcast. And then ultimately jumped in. And so you guys are the reason why this intersected. So this is kind of a fun moment for me to let you guys meet. Yeah. Well, it's Um, nice seeing what you built. I mean, the one thing that we still haven't like surpassed is, you know, I I have uh, friends that they have like, you know, producers and things that will chop things up into little genius clips. We don't don't really have that. You know, it's still very much grassroots mainly because it's really hard to find people that, follow through. I mean, we've had a lot of people that ended up being hucksters and, you know, just kind of doing cheap work. And we're like, you know what, we're just going to keep it simple until we find the right fit or maybe yeah. even until the right fit finds us, you know, so yeah. it is what it is. I literally had that conversation with Matt Vincent today. Matt Vincent uh, was the founder owner of hate brand. He's like, yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, what? It's, yeah. It's like almost in anything like to do with what we do in like shooting pictures or sound and stuff like, to find someone who knows what they're doing and is giving like, especially we'll do it for a fair price and yeah. do it all. It's like, which it's, we, I mean, it's pure gold and it's really hard to find, which we know? should take a moment and shout out to Paul, Paul Sullivan. I was about to say. Paul, Paul yeah. is our producer. Shout out to Paul. Paul, I don't know you, but shout <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're lucked out big time with him. By the <laughs> way, shouldn't, shouldn't that be like a, v, like a video? I feel like he's yes. like an old time disc like, jockey. I yeah. see him like thing. spring break MTV. <laughs> like he's like, he's rocking and rolling. Yeah. Um, Kurt Loader. Exactly. We're old school MTV. This is like on the beach spring. Yeah. Um, I do want to dig into uh, some of our. By the way, Brett, you sent me a voice note. I haven't listened to it, so you might just have to tell it me. Doesn't it, yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I want to. I, I got to get something off my chest, and then we can kind of go and flow. What is this association you have with K State? Ah, well, I'm from. I, well, I'm not from there. That's my alma mater. So that's where I oh, did. Really? 
that was my undergrad. So I'm from Nebraska originally, went undergrad K-State, grad school, Southern Illinois. But oh. yeah, I'm a, and then they, okay. all our online courses, which are all coaching centric and related, they're actually the first uh, online courses uh, provided at the university as accredited undergraduate courses to help aspiring strength coaches, people that want to get into oh, fitness, cool. anything like that. Oh, that's man, that is, that yeah, just so navigate cool. the, uh, you know, because like when I went through undergrad, it was all like just anatomy, physiology, all this. We're teaching them the business stuff that they never really got to learn. So we, we partner with K-State with a lot of our content. That's crazy. So I went to KU, which is why I had this chip that I, I'm like, are we not going to be friends anymore? Because <laughs> uh, KU, K-State are yeah. massive rivals. Um, but the fact that you went to SIU, I we, could we forgive both, the yeah. offense of K-State. Yeah. And I'm a Husker. I worked at Nebraska, so I'm a Husker. Yeah, so. but that's oh, Big no. 12, right. and I don't Nebraska either. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I forget it. Yes. <laughs> what are you guys They're from? The Big 10 now. SIU? No, we... We're born in Iowa. Our family's from there, but then we went to University of Illinois, and you know, and we've no, been to Carbondale. Out, so. And then Carbondale, to Carbondale was a fun place Southern, to go for yeah, sure. Yeah. Loved yeah. it. Both of my parents are Iowa alums from Glenwood, Atlantic, oh, no. Des Moines. We went to Adventureland, Lake Okaboji, the Taco oh, wow. House. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's where our parents both went to Iowa. It's so great. Uh, oh that's, God, that's, that's a great. Small world. Yeah. Do, you, See, do you know Okaboji? I, I know. I mean, we've never been, but I aware of the name. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be a trip. You know, I mean. It's basically the Fiji of the Midwest. Let's just <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Well, now we got to go and, and we're back. Oh, my corn. God. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You got to stay at the Ritz-Carlton out there. <laughs> <No>. Really beautiful. <laughs> Wait, what would, be, what would be, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. What would be the Iowa version of the Ritz-Carlton? What would the name be? The, oh my the corn? God. I don't know. Wait, isn't there oh corn God. in Iowa? What's oh, the corn, word? Corn place? and hogs. That's about it. The right. Amerisweets. The, the, the Midwest yeah. is not just flyover states. No, 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 yeah, yeah, no yeah. not at all. Well, yeah. <laughs> Iowa, University of Iowa and like Iowa City is a very progressive, like oh, awesome town. They have a like, beautiful Des Moines river even has like town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful place, you know. And Jen, yeah. you know this, right? Like, I so I've lived in Florida, Minnesota. I've lived in Los Angeles or California. I've lived, like, everybody eventually does the same thing everywhere they go. In Florida, they wanted to see the snow. In Nebraska, they wanted the beach. When we lived out in L.A., none of our friends were, like, in Santa Monica, in beach every day. You know, like, no, no I one get does. it that everything's everybody's got their own nuances. But by and large, everybody kind of falls into the same patterns wherever they're at. Uh, you know, it's just, it's interesting, right? Like there are certain places definitely better than others. I would rather be in Phoenix than Minneapolis, right? Just because of the sun and what have you. But there's also great things about any of the, there's never an Elysium where everybody who's got all of life figured out and is all attractive and like totally <laughs> together yeah. just hangs out. <laughs> I, I love agree. that. I like, yeah, that's brilliant. That is really brilliant. It <laughs> is brilliant. And, and, and so true. I mean, that's the whole thing. Um, which is why it's funny. Um, <laughs> so I kind of want to... Uh, it was funny when I was thinking about today's conversation, I, I know that, um, you getting to meet the boys is really important to me, uh, just on a friend level. And I love, it's one of the reasons technology is cool because we do get to meet this way, but, um, getting to share the conversations with anybody, uh, and with, with anybody and everybody, and also not just, um, uh, I guess from a standpoint of like our listeners that really don't know your source of your passion. Uh, I was funny. We had Colby for uh, a few minutes ago, he popped by and he was talking about um, that purpose and passion. And I wanted to just for uh, kind of set the stage with like your beginnings. You, you're very, you've been very open about your story and, um, and it's right there across your, your website, but you felt like you, because of your, 
um, poor communication because of poor communication. I should, I don't want to rephrase you. You almost lost your life. And I do want to kind of set the stage for what steered your ship towards, uh, really, um, educating around communication, um, for people, for coaches and obviously athletes, but that I feel like that's like the, the tip of the iceberg for the kind of the work that you do. So if you wouldn't mind kind of letting them know some of that story and, and bringing us in. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't want to do that thing where I, you know, somebody asks you to tell the story and then 20 minutes goes by. So I'll give <laughs> kind of the above the fold headline and then anything anybody wants to know, if you need me to expand, I will. So the gist is, you know, a lot of what I do now, we teach people about power dynamics, uh, ethical use of influence, kind of this gray area about the, uh, the dark side of human communication, right? We've all heard terms like manipulate, power, influence, persuasion, and, and we think these things are bad, but really they were always home and hearth to what I did as a performance coach when I just worked with athletes. And even now when we work with teams, corporate organizations, the military, and, and even people in the medical world. And so to Jen's point, the impetus of this was, you know, when I was younger, I was uh, a sports obsessed teenager and my parents had just gotten a divorce. We had moved to a new school. And a lot of my friends at that time, the social circle got really into hardcore drugs. And I mean, like, this was a nice, this was a nicer area of Omaha, Nebraska. Right. But like these were parents that were almost like, uh, you had some just yuppie parents and their kids would do meth and Coke and all like just stuff that like, I'm like 14. Right. And you're seeing these things. And, um, so I ended up kind of just disassociating from my social circle. And yeah, I got into just uh, obsessively training for my sport. I didn't want to be home. My parents were always fighting, you know, the divorce. So I started working out all the time. And there wasn't really great. Is the audio good, guys? Oh, yeah, you're yeah, great. No, you're turn, great. Turn it down a little bit. Just, what? just a it's, little bit. I'm looking at the levels, right? There. I know. Okay. Is it just, yeah, perfect. Don't, I don't no, want it sounds you, great. Just it's, like, dude, yeah. Cool. Yeah, good. All right. So, yeah. so just, rewind, just rewinding, you know, with, with things going on at home and me kind of of this social circle eroding, I just didn't really know how to internalize a lot of this. I didn't have an outlet for my energy. You're like 14 or 15. So I focused on sports and there wasn't the information that people like Jen put out today and other people that is actually like good, focused, balanced information. Then it was like low carb, low fat, extremism. That was all, you know, that kind of stuff. So like any good absolutist, I did both. You know, so a 15 year old kid working out three to four times a day, just pushing yourself to extremes, eating fat-free egg beaters, craft singles and turkey bacon, you know, eventually, you know, at one point in time I was running around the school and I passed out. Woke up, parents took me to the doctor. Doctor is basically like, listen, your your internal organs are are not in a good place. You're you have lost an extreme amount of weight. You're putting your body under an extreme amount of stress. And I think that like, you know, my parents recognized it, but I don't think they really saw the problem because they had their own stuff going on. Is nor did I see the problem because the goal wasn't weight loss. This was a manifestation of me being anxious and depressed and and OCD and not really knowing how to internalize this stuff. So long story short, you know, I, I had gone in outpatient hospital programs. And eventually I was put in an inpatient program. I mean, I'm a, I'm 195 pounds as I talk to you guys in high school at, at a healthy weight. You know, I was about 135 when I was hospitalized, I was 96 pounds. Oh my God. And, and so this hospital specialized in getting weight back on folks. And, and you had a wide range of people from a junior Olympic wrestler who developed an eating disorder after his father had beat him after missing weight in a mm. tournament. You had a woman who was in her 60s that her husband had left her. You had a, a young woman who was like the middle of nine kids and her eating disorder was a way to kind of keep attention on her. But the point is, is you're in this place where you're supposed to be around all these subject matter experts, doctors, nurses, psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, nutritionists, and really you're treated just like this thing. So to give your listeners an idea, you'd wake up at 5 a.m., your blood would be drawn. 
you're naked, you're covered with a gown, you get weighed on this scale. That scale and your body mass index, which is like the epitome of a one size fits all metric that doesn't yeah. account for Jack. Anything, um, yeah. Determines what you eat, what restrictions you have. Like you're not exercising in this place because as you guys know, if you stand, you burn more calories than you sit oh my gosh. if you fidget. So we're put in a day room and a day room is maybe like, um, let's call it 600 to 900 square feet. And it's surrounded by plexiglass where nurses kind of watch you and monitor your activity. Oh my God. You're not able to read certain books. Yeah, you're not able to read certain books, watch shows, anything that has to do with like that could promote body imagery type stuff, right? So even certain sports were not okay. So this whole time, you know, I'm just like, you listen, I'm listening to music. It's about the only thing that's approved. And you'd wait around to eat or go to these groups where you're supposed to talk about your problems. Oh my God. Yeah. So like you go to these groups, everybody goes around and tells their story. They get to me and I'm like, yo, like uh, my friends uh, got into drugs. My parents are getting a divorce. I'm pissed off a lot. Working out kind of helps me. And I don't know. I just guess I feel angry and lost and this. And they're like, ah, you're in denial. You're not admitting you have an eating disorder, more medication. Oh my um, God. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, I mean, that's, that's the medical world, right? Yeah. So and what, used- in what year was this? Like, what- I mean, I was uh, in high school. When did I graduate this and that? I, I, I would have to, when did I, I graduated Carry in 04, the one. So 2001, 2002, something <laughs> wow. like that. So not like 20 years ago. It's crazy. No, how and this hospital, things- by the way, is, is still, this stuff's still going on yeah. at, this, at this particular place. So, um, you know, just to kind of wrap a bow on it, and then I'll invite you to ask any questions if you want. I don't want to be too long-winded, but I still no. want to paint wow, the picture. When you eat, you are brought into this kitchen as a group. And imagine a large dining room table kind of like the one you all go to on the Thanksgivings with your family that are super tense and like 20 people around the table you don't even know anymore because you haven't been home in ever many years. And it's it's all glass and on the end is two nurses. And it's glass because there are certain people that might try to cut themselves or hide food. Oh. Some people would, and the hospital had really weird rules. So Jen, if you selected from the hospital menu, if you had to have a certain amount of breads and fats and this and that, and let's say one day, you got cereal. Well, they would mandate that you had to put sugar in your cereal. And their explanation was that's what normal people do. Well, some people would kind of hide the sugar packet and all this. So anyway, everything's monitored. Uh Now, if you, if you had mashed potatoes and gravy and you didn't lick up every piece of the gravy, because every bit, every calorie had to be accounted for, you would either uh, be uh, told that you had to have that caloric equivalent of another serving. You had to drink a booster insure, or you were fed intravenously. So by and large, no activity, massive amounts of refeeding. You don't get to go back to your room unless you're monitored all these places. And, and you're just kind of dehumanized by the staff. You know, they have no interest in getting to know you, what makes you tick as far as they're concerned. All of your problems are food. And you guys it's know this. Crazy. Whether, yeah. wow. whether somebody struggles with body image or alcohol or whatever people struggle with in their life, it's never the thing. It's always the other things around it, right? Yeah. For me, exercise and training and all that was control. That was a way for me to literally exert my demons. And so anyway, you know, I eventually got out of this hospital, knew I wanted to get into uh, strength and conditioning because I was always obsessed with the body. And I wanted to learn how to train the body the right way after what I had gone through. But another thing that I remember is when I left that hospital, a nurse who was in her late forties looked at me as I was walking out and said, you'll be back. And I remember I looked at her and I said, you're right. I'll be back to help all the other people that you are not able to. <laughs> yeah. And gave her a, like a middle finger. Yeah. And so that made me want to study human psychology and what people's drives and motivate. Could you get a master class when you're around a bunch of other patients in this hospital? You learn 
that like people, what they say isn't always the truth. And you saw power dynamics in the hospital. And so that led me down a path of, of coaching and human nature and human performance and all the things that we kind of do today. What wow. an incredible experience to get that. It is a masterclass. I mean, no one gets that experience like from the inside like I mean, that at the beginning. Yeah, that was the source of so much. It's that that experience is is crazy. It's one of those things like once you survive it, you're like, wow. Uh, well, that, that's amazing. yeah, I mean, I think some of you guys might appreciate it. And, and Jen, for you as well, I'm just trying not to be presumptuous because I'm still trying to get to know you two gentlemen, right? Like, yeah. yeah. That, that led to kind of a niche I found in athletics where when I started working with NFL guys or, or pro athletes, I would start getting sent the problem athletes, people that weren't always seen as the most coachable. But because I could see myself in them because I was a problem patient or whatever, I was always fascinated on, uh-uh, I'm going to figure out what makes them tick. The X's and O's and the squats and the deadlifts and all that, we can figure out. What makes other people tick is what's going to amplify everything else. And this wasn't like woo-woo motivation stuff. This was like deeper kind of, and it's not like you're doing Dr. Phil. You have to do this over time because you're coaching 25 to 35 athletes in a group. There's a lot to manage there. Um, yeah. And ironically, now that work is just manifested into, we do that same thing with doctors and firefighters and executives because we all kind of need to learn how to navigate the gray area, especially when it comes to managing our demons, our biases, our perceptions, our egos and our attitudes. And I just know that when I was, going through this, none of the leadership or coaching books out there helped me. It was always look someone in the eye, shake their hand, yeah, remember yeah. their name, think positively, manifest your future. And I'm like, yeah. cool, I'm running away in a hospital. None of that's working. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guess what? But, but, but big credit to you though, Brett, because, and this is the thing, I mean, if you put Brett and I for in a room for two days, we'd still run, not have enough time to I can <laughs> see that. This is incredible. In, it's yeah. like, what yeah. is all the information? Even if that hospital thought they were like, this is state of the art. This is the best we got. Let's just pretend. All the best information, all the best, uh, you know, procedure or process around athletics or even psychology. What is it if we can't get someone to start to take interest in it? and yep. take it on and to let you in enough to see more like in the, in these, these gosh, I mean, how many days do you spend with a person before you build up enough, enough of those little morsels of trust to really start to see the picture? It's almost like, it's almost like you've got just a few, it, okay. Forgive me. Wheel of fortune. It's like you put the letters up, and you're you given a clue, and you're just as as the letters pop up, you start it starts to come into form, and that's what is I think is the art of coaching. Not to be redundant, but that is truly why it is an art. It is not just a practice. It is not just a skill. It is some. Oh, Derek, it's twice. Goes. Derek, well, gosh darn it! Derek, Derek's getting emails, and it's it's yeah, chiming. So, so you're fine. I mean, well, that's something that you're exceptional at, Jen. Is like. Uh, and it really defines a lot of the art of coaching, which is about being able to find the common thread between people and their problems and pull it, you know, being able to pull it. And, and I think something that you've done is I've gotten to know you better is you've kind of uh, also lent credence to this idea that people think that there's a perfect coaching style. And when I say coaching, again, coaching isn't sports centric or fit, fitness centric. Coaching is anytime you're guiding, leading, orchestrating, teaching. Um, but, you know, 
you, you have to be able to kind of navigate this spectrum. There is a time where you're going to have to get a little dark on folks. And of course, that always is within ethical bounds, right? That's not. Um, and then there's times where, yeah, you might need to kind of um, inspire them a little bit in a different way. But I think sometimes people forget that not everybody needs a warm, empathetic, charismatic coach. We've idealized these certain leadership traits from our own perspective, but you neglect the perception of others. And then on the other hand, you have some people that are like, yeah, that's all well and good, but like, I don't have the time to like have a therapy session. And I'm like, well, funny dude, because you ask your, your, the individuals you coach, if they're sore or how they're feeling or how they slept. And you know, you get to know them over like all this takes is micro interactions, whether you're working with large groups, individuals over the course of time and doing something that people really don't know how to do, but you excel at Jen is listen, just listen a bit more and then disclose a little bit about yourself if somebody won't open up and kind of like, this is a process, but people don't want processes. People don't want to commit to a craft. They want to do something quick and sexy and then just expect everybody to believe them. And you're the most credible. Um, and I think you've done a really good job of that over your career. There's times where you could have sold your soul big time and you didn't, you know, and that's the difference between somebody that is an actual like craftsman and what they do and people that want a quick route. Thanks for saying that. Well, yeah. Thanks for saying that. Truly, thank you. Um, it's interesting, though. I find myself at times um, battling with, it's funny that you said that because it's like there are times that I'm like, this is the coach that I'm supposed to be versus this is what my instinct tells me. That like when you say, you go, you know, you kind of like that ethically dark, but like honesty, that's, uh, that's something I wish I'd gotten under my belt a long time ago. And it, in my, uh, quote, counseling sessions that those people are complaining about can look a lot of different ways. I remember Cal Dietz, which you know very well too. Cal is a uh, strength and conditioning coach, University of Minnesota. He's been in the game for decades. One of the smartest and most inventive people in the game of health, wellness, sport, and performance. And I remember he was doing um, some R um, RPR, reflexive performance reset on me that he, he literally developed and invented. And I, I, I don't know what was going on. I, I was having, I, I started to cry with this release point. He didn't talk to me. He didn't like hold me. He just put his hand on my arm. And, he, and he, what he did is he turned his head away, you know. So he gave me privacy, but he said, I'm here. And he waited for me to call him back. And that was his, quote, therapy. Like, he, he gave his own, that was his own instinct for me. And so it can look a lot of different ways. And um, one of the reasons I, I was so excited to have you on at this point in the year, you know, where we've just crossed a threshold of the new year. And I want to help give people a, um, a scope of, uh, as they're looking to leadership, uh, two directions and answer in any order you want, Brett. One who to trust and who to run away from because <laughs> both no. are equally important um, answers and and then how to become your own leader because you do so much work coaching coaches and I thought this is this you can be your own leader and it can look however you need it to look yeah I mean the first thing who to trust who to run away from I you know I think uh, there's a lot I can say on this so when you consider what makes somebody a great coach and how you identify that, you know, people typically want to say, oh, is it certifications? Is it ripped abs? Is it this? Is it that? You know, first of all, great coaching are, is about people that are good at connecting, adapting, and teaching. 
I, I would argue that most people would be well served, not looking for the nicest facilities and the nicest equipment and the nicest this and getting transfixed by that. And more about people that really seem like they care about the details at the highest level. People, you know, there's a reason they say the, the go the extra mile, it's never crowded, you know, and, and when I ask my athletes, say, why do you come to me? They would just say, it's the way you explain things. And it's also the way that you lay this out. You, you don't try to kind of prove yourself through your teaching and your training. Excellence is self-evident and so is bullshit. Sorry, I don't know if that language yeah, is inappropriate. It's all it's but, but I think about, I'll, I'll put it in the context of a case study. My mother's 72. She's just getting back ready to go to the gym and it freaks her out. And I'm not going to just be like, oh, mom, find somebody who has this credential. You know, what I have to tell my mom is, mom, remember, you need somebody at the end of the day, you have a pretty good BS detector. You need somebody that's going to ask about your health history, ask you kind of clarifying questions, not accept your BS, right? Know how to call you out respectfully when you're trying to kind of loaf, but at the same time knows how to give you grace when there's a lot going on in your life. You know, you're in your seventies, you know, you got these things and like, they shouldn't be trying to make you into something that you're not. And so, but I think that just that that's most people don't, don't expect the truth from people that aren't honest with themselves. And I think what most people are looking for in a coach is somebody that really knows that balance between push and pull. But then if I were to ask Jen, all right, well, what does getting pushed look like to you? What does raw honesty look like to you? What does being pulled look like to you? And, and oh, well, somebody that, you know, I don't know, holds me accountable. All right, well, what does that look like? And even just asking people these clarifying questions, you find most people don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. So I, I can just answer for what I think makes a great coach. It's somebody who is gonna be frank with you, um, is kind of a respectful kick in the ass, is gonna tell you why you're doing things, is not intimidated by questions, is not trying to like overcompensate with esoteric equipment or strategies. And ultimately it's the same thing that makes for a great chef. This is the key if nobody okay. made sense of anything else I said. Great chefs take very simple ingredients and it's just through the way that they blend them that the whole meal comes together. They don't need 48 different things and all this specialty cookware and all that. It's a cast iron skillet, some simple ingredients, a strong purpose, and an understanding of how much time this takes to blend it together. I think people have to get back to the grassroots of what makes any quality product. Is it simple, but not easy? Is it straightforward, but respectful? Is it adaptable, but still has structure? Those are what you should look for. Does that, does that answer that clearly? But I mean, <laughs> like a million so times clearly, over. Yeah. So clearly. I'm, wow. Yeah, I'm cool. learning so you've much. You've got two more I'm, followers to your podcast right here. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I told you you'd love it. I want to, I need a therapist too. Maybe this is, <laughs> I'm, I'll just do, do that. I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Brett's a great therapist. I, I've, I've, I've already feel better about myself just <laughs> listening to him today. I need to get you out to Atlanta. Like we're in the process of acquiring a compound where oh, we wow. can do so many more like live events, connection, like uh, awesome. uh, education events, things like this. Yeah, where, where are you guys right now? Where are you oh, right great. now? We're in, in LA. LA. So you're in Atlanta? Everybody's in LA. Come out and hang out in Atlanta. No, we'll come to Atlanta. Know? We have some great friends in Atlanta that we haven't seen forever that we've been threatening to visit. We'll That's take, another trip. We'll we take to. the van. Yes. 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 We need to come. We live an hour outside of the city, oh, rural area, very quiet, cool, lots of land. We got a garage gym. We got all like, we can oh my smoke God. some meat, cook, the whole thing, get oh, out of the hustle and bustle. It sounds oh, incredible. Perfect. Holy and, cow. Okay. So, so this oh is God. a retreat that we're having. Sweet. We're going to Sorry, Jen, I, I screwed up your show. Brett, no, 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 Brett's no, wife no, is you're like, so it. it's just you yeah. guys? Yeah. <laughs> just the four of you? Great. Yeah. That second question, Jen, so I can add, what was that second one? Well, before we, we go to that, I was just going to say, 
the one uh, the one ingredient that I I you I felt you dancing around was care. You really can tell when someone cares. And that when you talked about your mom having a bullshit reader, we I think sometimes we place ourselves in inferiority. Like I don't know about working out. You know, so you tell me. Uh, I don't know about playing the piano or fill in the blank skill. I'm going to be the inferior. And sometimes that that shuts us down from using our natural instinct of all the years we've been on the planet, whether it's five years or fifty. You have instinct, and uh, when you can tell when someone cares. You can tell when someone's in. You can tell by the way they show up. You can tell by the way they speak to you. You can tell by, you can, you can feel it. And so I think that's the only ingredient I was going to add to your list. That's what the bullshit reader is. Mm -hmm. Do they give a shit or not? Because if they give a shit, you got somebody good. If they don't, run. That's who you run from. Without a doubt. I mean, and my one word for it, I just, I know that I think the word is misunderstood and people think they're great at it is, and admittedly we're biased. It's our main product at Art of Coaching is communication. You know, communication is all about sharing information in commonly comprehensible ways. And it's a way of express the way people express how they care, right? Is uh, how they communicate to you in a wide variety of, of, of ways. Uh, I mean, there's eight different components of communication that convey whether somebody cares and how thoughtful they are and all this. And real quickly, right? When you consider any kind of breakdown that happens, if somebody's had a breakdown with a coach or they're trying to ascertain if this person's a right fit for them, I don't know if even you have an issue in a relationship. One is, you know, a great coach adapts things based on the other person. So who are the other people, the communicators involved? How do you adapt talking to a 70 year old Betty versus 14 year old Fred and all this, right? Then there's the medium. And this is something our, our society really struggles with. Certain, certain people, you know, are they always conveying information over text? Is it email? How are they in person? You know, all these things, because there's certain conversations that are better in certain kind of methods. Um, there's the situational context, right? Like, how do people adapt their coaching strategy based on the time constraints they have, based on any other kind of constraints they have? Uh, you have to look at the code. You know, a lot of times I had to work with athletes from the Dominican Republic and certain things and jokes I could make with them wouldn't fly when I'm in China and this. And so you have to, this is what we mean by adaptability and all these pieces is there, there's eight components of communication that really say, hey, how strong is this coach? But most people, Jen, I mean, think about it. Most people don't get trained in communication yet. Everybody thinks they're really good at it. And yeah, so when we yeah. ask people, um, when they come to our workshops, because we have part of my doctorate is we have an evaluation that's all peer reviewed that, that scores how people are as communicators. They're not just verbal, nonverbal, but all these other things. Because if I say, hey, how would you rank yourself as a communicator? One to 10, all in eight. Great. Have you ever been formally evaluated? No. Okay. Well, then where'd you get that number? Well, people do what I tell them to do. <laughs> it's and that's like a real answer. Since I know yeah. how to run, I should be in the Olympics. It's like, well. Right. And so like. Qualified. <laughs> Just to wrap a bow on that, like to where you talked about caring, I remember when my book first came out, somebody was like, oh, great, a book that teaches us how to communicate. I do that every day. And I go, well, you know, I wake up married every day. That doesn't mean I don't have to work on being a better husband. Yeah. Um, everybody communicates every day. How many great communicators do you actually see? And so if somebody really cares at the highest level, you're going to see that in the manner in which they communicate and tailor that communication with you, no matter whether they're getting on your ass or they're explaining an exercise or they're just trying to help you through a tough time. I mean, well, I just want to add this because as photographers, I'm like listening to all this information <laughs> and stuff with coaching. And I mean, it's, it's literally the exact same thing that we do every day. It's reading people and like, 
when we are there for a shoot, if it's someone we've never shot before, we probably don't, you know, you spend like an hour probably just reading and feeling each other out. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of that nonverbal communication, you, communication. I'd love to actually see a yeah, video of a, us. Can you a, tell the Mark Wahlberg story? Just come to one of our workshops. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is yeah. a great story, Brett. Will you tell yeah. the Mark Wahlberg story? Which one? Like uh, the, the, the first, first time we him? met him, oh, I, yeah, a yeah. mentor of mine, years in the making. If you hear it, you know his name, you know him. It's Sean Perrine, and um, he was looking for more photographers. He was editor in chief of all of these publications and the global publications. And I said, "Dude, the Riker brothers, yeah. they're my best friends. They've done my stuff at Shape and all these things. You got it. You got to try them." Yeah. So he just trusted them on my word. Obviously, saw their work, but trusted yeah. them, and then booked them for. Well, with the first person we shot was, was Chris uh, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Okay. Back and then, see the third person we shot. It's like was Wahlberg the third. Yeah. Wahlberg was the third. But it was a very. Yeah. It was like a times constraint. I'll let you guys tell the story. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it well we you know with with Mark Wahlberg. I, I mean, I hope you're listening, Mark, because it's <laughs> great. We love this. No, but he, we we knew you know a lot of the celebrity shoots. They're very busy people, especially Wahlberg. And it's like you have one hour. It's the middle of the day at noon. Um, he's going to be in Warner brothers. Uh, you need to find an outdoor location that can kind of do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, these are all the worst things as a photographer. You're like Shooting middle of the day. day. We have one in the hour. summer. It was in the it, summer. Yeah. And it needs, June, and we, July. you know, you're just, none of these ingredients are going to, are going <laughs> to happen. So we're just going to have to fake it and do our thing and whatever. Uh, we, we you had, have an hour, like you'll have an hour with them. We've got to do about five looks. In and you've that never hour. met him. And we've never, never met, met him, him at before. this point. So, however, we, we, have a lot of kind of common friends. We kind of went to the same acting workshop. That's a whole other story from like years and years ago. Mm -hmm. But we had Chase, enough information. Vincent Chase, yeah. Yeah. And, Chase, yeah. and then, uh, you know, it was like uh, we brought a basketball hoop. We put up a basketball hoop and stuff so you could be doing something. It always makes people more comfortable. We had like yeah, we just did a, a bunch, bunch of, of activities. activities for them to do, like a big tire what, all, what did we all have? Yeah, plus he had all his golf clubs, and we oh, just yeah. started hitting balls out oh, of yeah, the parking lot over up, yeah, with Burbank. his three buddies in his his his, his foursome, yeah, his, uh, giant SUV with like from the golf course, and so it's like he's got his golf clubs back there. We're like, you have your golf clubs? Can we? Why don't we just put those out here? And we were above a golf course in Burbank, and we're like, oh yeah, Debell do you mind hitting there, some yeah. balls like doing whatever? And it's like you know, it just became. Just you know, I don't know where this story's going. Yeah, about no, but this, my favorite but I mean, part. It makes me a brilliant communicator. My, my, favorite, <laughs> no, part, no, no, my favorite part they're leaving out is you didn't even, you weren't like, okay, let's get set up and start taking pictures. They hung out with him. They were playing oh, well, basketball. They were asking about himself. Like, you guys indirect are like, approach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Drew, no, yeah. Drew, he, yeah, Drew, you. You're selling you were, yourself short here. Yeah, well, but Derek, I know, I know. it's like I was just shooting hoops with him and, and talking. We have, yeah. And yeah. I just have the camera and he's just distracting him. And like the whole first shot happened without him really knowing. So it's like. But what you guys did there yeah. is genius. If you allow me to nerd out for a minute. So yeah, what, yeah. one nerd. of the things like if you're just like what makes people do the things they do and what do you need to be aware of to help yeah. have them open up? And I'll, I'll list them and then I'll talk about what thing that I perceive through that story you did extremely well. So there's our own drives, right? And drives are different than motivations. Drives are kind of subconscious influencers of behavior, right? So some of us are uh, like achievement drives. We have to make progress at something every day, whether that's reading 10 pages, walking a mile, writing a handwritten note, whatever it is, just progress. And nobody's ever just one. I want to preface this. People, it's it's situational, but there are dominance things here. Some people are adversity drives. 
man, you love it when your back's against the wall and you've kind of had this me against the world mentality. And sometimes that serves you and sometimes that slays you. That's not always a great thing. There are some people like my wife, my wife's a security drive, loves planning, right? Has to have a contingency for the contingency for the contingency, <laughs> right? So anyway, there's more, but that's not the point. So there's our drives, then environment. Environment is a tremendous dictator of behavior, right? And, and we know this from the tens of millions of dollars they spend on casino design. We know that if just a building has more access to stairs or walkways, people will be more active. We understand this in totality. People are more likely to buy office buildings with windows and natural light. Um, and, and this can be perceived environment as well. Mm. Then there's social factors, right? We're obviously influenced by those around us and the behaviors they partake in. Um, and then finally, there's timing, right? You can knock all these things off the park. You can be the world's foremost expert. You can be the best communicator in the world. But at the end of the day, if the timing's wrong, when you're trying to forge or uh, lock in a connection with somebody, it's just not going to work. So the golf club example to me is a great example of environment dictating behavior. You saw this thing that you had access to and just being able to utilize that, put the individual in their comfort zone. And when you do that, you've kind of orchestrated an environment where he gets to be more of himself and things flow and you get the candid shots and somebody gets to to kind of open up and be who they are. Mm -hmm. and, and those are the things that most people miss whenever they're like, hey, what, what's going wrong? Why can't I reach this person? Why can't I do this? I always have to remind them of this four parts of our art of coaching framework. And then we can usually pick apart like what either worked, what didn't work, what they didn't leverage or what other invisible forces might be at play. So, I mean, what you did there was uh, genius, even though it was obvious. I mean, that's obvious. Well, that's a lot of times- Not, obvi not yeah, obvious yeah. to everyone. And by the way, just, just for to-, to, to show the length of this has he how many times has he hired you guys again for oh countless times countless. Yeah. yeah ever since that time. one experience countless now uh, uh in he trusts you now yeah i mean that's what we're in just like coaches we're in the trust business it's yeah. like if it goes yeah, yeah it's yeah, like same. it's the first one and and then if they do that and wow it's like that's you, and you isn't that funny? Someone, Think about what you guys didn't do. Like right after this, we're recording a podcast for our show on why logic and reason and, and all that doesn't always change behavior, mm -hmm. right? Because that doesn't make people buy in. What makes people buy in is trust plus commitment. And people are more likely to trust you when they relate to you or when you make things easy for them, mm -hmm. right? If you just came out like these experts of like, hey, we're the foremost for time. I mean, like, congratulations, yeah. you've alienated yeah. yourself and you didn't read the room. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, preach, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. In yeah. this case, you use golf clubs. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 exactly. Um, uh, just, just a moment too, if you guys are, for the listener, if you are interested in any of those these courses that Brett Keenan um, gently refers to, is go to artofcoaching.com, artofcoaching.com. I've used them myself, and if that's, that's of interest to you, you gotta, you got to jump in there. Um, so yeah. the second question that I asked, and then I, I promise I won't keep you too much longer because I know you've got your own podcast, <laughs> is especially now that we're in the new year, um, identifying a coach that's good for you or not good for you was a really critical question I wanted to ask. And the boys and I were excited about talking to you about, but what about becoming your own leader? Um, and how do you, cause obviously as you're coaching coaches, they have to be leaders for themselves. And do you have, do you, do you want to speak on that as well for people that whether they're on the new year's resolution bandwagon or just are on the bandwagon of, I want to be better, you know, we don't have to put a label on it. Do you have insight there? Oh, 100%. I mean, and, and this might, I, this is what my next book is about, this idea that 
we, we have long been kind of lulled into this one size fits all leadership model of you got to have morning routines. You've got to have this, you've got to have a leadership is very sterilized. Now we have this idea of what we aspire to and this kind of pseudo perfection. And I think people forget that like real leadership is, is about the gray area. That's, that's what leadership is. And so I think that when you think about what people perceive leadership to be, they think that it's like, all right, I can't admit this, or I can't, it's like Ted talk, Steve jobs, Jack Welch, all the things that are kind of force fed down our throat, you know? And, and the issue with that is, is, you know, like my next book is for people that feel like, listen, I got some skeletons in my closet. I, I don't have, there are some things I'm not proud of. There are times where I lose my cool. There are times where things get crazy. And that's actually what makes you a better leader, right? You're wise because you have doubts. You're strong because you have flaws. And this isn't some like self-empowerment, whatever. It's just kind of like saying like leadership is the most effective leadership are, are those that know how to kind of play in that gray area, give themselves grace when they need to and say like, really, what are your expectations for yourself? And I have to think about this now, Jen, like when we did our podcast with you, I, I was still kind of by myself with an executive assistant. Now, you know, we have five staff members, we're growing, we're looking at a compound and there are days that, I mean, think about this. I, I teach people communication and power dynamics for a living, yet I'll still lose my cool. My wife and I get in arguments, you know, I'll yell, I'll do things that I would never teach my students to do. And I could sit there and I've done this and be like, who am I to teach people this stuff? If even I, you know, fall victim to it, and it's like, no, no, that's exactly why I'm able to teach them this stuff because I'm self-aware, I've tasted my own blood and I can make that content real and tactical. We say it this way and no offense to either. This is nothing, hopefully this message will come across clear. The space we play ball in now is, if you look at the leadership industry, you have people like Tony Robbins, which will inspire people and give people energy. And then you have like the Jocko Willings, which are a little bit hard nosed and they almost kind of can scare people into, well, somewhere in between being like freaked out or scared or held accountable and super inspired, you still need to know what to do. Yeah. And that's why like, <laughs> yeah. that's where, that's where we sit. So what do we, I do yeah. with all this now? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, so if, if somebody's saying I can't get through to this person, or maybe you can't even get through to yourself, we're going to get highly tactical with that. And we're going to make sure that you can implement it. So when it comes to being your own leader, just to consolidate this is understand you're better if you're flawed. That means you actually have skin in the game. You need to have kind of a calloused ego. You need to be able to experience these things. That's what gives you perspective. You know, we say real leadership is improv. And all improv is about is solving problems with whatever the available resources around you are. And so I, I think that is if you're somebody that you forge ahead and you make the best of what you got and you understand that actually if you're too reliant on routines and all these other crutches, you're not going to be super effective because life isn't going to give you that affordance often. Ever. So being, <laughs> being your own leader is this fine line between holding yourself accountable, giving yourself grace and knowing how to deal with the world as it is, not, not as you'd like it to be. So whether, you know, I can give countless more examples, but I think that that's, that's the biggest issue is most people right now feel like they're not great leaders and not achieving because every five seconds, we got to hear about this new Ted talk that somebody gave or every new, some new book somebody wrote or some new speech or all the people that are perfect and have their morning routines. And by 12 AM apparently, or 12 PM, sorry, have worked out, eaten their superfood breakfast, journaled five times, you know, it got to inbox zero, like who lives a life like that? And by the way, if you do, are you even good at sex? You know, I want to know that. Yeah. And I'm sorry if that's casting a spur. The answer is no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, yeah, the answer is no. I mean, the answer is no. <laughs> Let's just go. Uh, that 
wow. it's incredible. Oh, okay. I, I just get tired of it. I get tired of it because like, I even look at somebody like myself, you know, like I am way more soul food than eye candy. I am flawed, but I'm fastidious. And I think that at least when I, I have the right amount of self-hate, right, to where I'm proud of what I've accomplished, but I know I'm nothing special. Um, at, at the end of the day, I know this, like I, I care to you, you call back to you, Jen. I work really hard. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm going to keep swinging. And I think that's the metric that some people have to like weigh, uh, grade themselves on because like discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. But sometimes it's just that slow, steady, compound interest, boring investment, are you still going? Are you still being consistent? Grade yourself on that more than like, did you write a book or read a hundred of them this year or get a thousand workouts in? And sometimes yeah. it's just, sometimes you don't win. That's okay. That you learn more from a loss than you do from a win anyway. Mm -hmm. Wow. Amen. I'm, Amen. I'm like preaching. Like I'm loving every minute of this. I feel yeah. like though, here's the thing though. I feel like I suck at being my own leader because I say all that. And then I typically inside wonder if I disappointed you with that answer. <laughs> Who's going to lead you now? I feel like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, tremendously yeah. secure, but that's also what pushes me to try to work harder and give better answers. So is that and, bad or yeah, is that yeah, good? I, I know, know. I know. It's like, it, but this is, this is wow. the real peek behind the curtain. Again, lock, like if you lock it in, if you really look at what Brett just said, it's why, in my opinion, you look at social media and it's really torn apart the wellness industry. It's changed. It's deeply changed the way people feel about themselves and perceive themselves. And they don't hate themselves a little, they hate themselves a lot. And because they're in it, it's not about the perfect picture. And, 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 you know, I know you do courses on imposter syndrome. It's, it's, it's just, it's not telling the truth. And it's hard now, there's so much to tell what's the truth and what's not. And then you get blurred and then you're, you're kind of like, do you, can you trust yourself anymore? It's hard to find your bearings these days. And so, I mean, you, you put it perfectly. Like you said something that literally we all were kind of speechless. We looked at each other like, I mean, it's a mic drop moment. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. just stop recording. What did I say? Wait a minute. I need to write <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Can we get the transcript back yeah, here so we, we, we can look? I'll get I mean, to you. But, but yeah. the fact that you said all that and you thought, Oh my God, was that okay? Is that my, <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's, it's hard to find your bearings these days. It is. Yeah. Well, I, I share, we try to be really transparent at art of coaching about like the ugly realities of this. I mean, look at, look, look at you guys, right? Like you're in LA, you got people that, I mean, collectively you do this awesome podcast. You have certain resources that you're just, there were plenty of times where I felt like, all right, here I am in rural Atlanta doing a podcast on my own, having to get on a plane, going to teach a course, coming back, training athletes, answering my, I didn't have, I don't, I don't have a ton of help, right? Or like this year's the most help that I've had and I'm still massively overwhelmed. And there are some people that are like, oh, well just delegate this, do that. And I go, dude, I don't have somebody that I just dial up and I'm like, hey, yeah, cinematographer, come capture everything I do, chop it up into bits. My, I, I mean, when people are like, hey, man, could I come like hang out with you and see a day in the life? I go, do you want to be depressed? And I say like, yeah. tongue in cheek, but I say that because like people think that they're going to see this like thing where I'm getting in my private jet at noon, landing yeah. at three. No, I still haven't made it. I haven't yeah. made it. You know, I'm an underdog. I, I'm, I'm working my ass off. We're trying to figure out how to make the most of what we have. Cool. Yes, the book had some success, but there's also 8 billion people in the world about it. There's uh, publisher, publishers and all that that said it would never sell. We don't want to hear it. I still get stigmatized as just a strength coach and we'll lose out on speaking gigs and I'll get some really cool speaking gigs, mm. you know, but like that, that's the nature of life. It's not, it's not about like this momentary win loss column and how are you trending? Think of it like the stock market, best example, 
Okay, because things can tank, right? A couple of weeks ago, the Dow was down X amount and then it goes up. But what we know it trends over time. We know that the average rate of return is, is positive. That's not even debatable. And so that's that what's your average rate of return in your life? Don't get worried about if you trend down on a couple of days or even have a crappy week or a month. Where are you long-term? Because all these other people, to your point, Jen, that are winning on social media or have this or have that, like, you know, you're seeing a snapshot in time and the rest of their life might just be like this, like, you know, abysmal kind of pocket of despair and they have to kind of feed off of the joy of others. So mm. I, I just think if more people were transparent, not in terms of virtue signaling and trying to like, uh, you know, almost uh, glamorize failure, but like, yeah, if you follow me on social media, we're just kind of real. You're going to see the real about me as a father. You're going to see me be a goofball. You're going to see me fired up. You're going to see me boring. Mm -hmm. And that just is what it is. It's the same thing if you came out to my house and hung out with me for a day. By the way, okay. coach underscore Brett is his Instagram. <laughs> Brett B. Coach <laughs> underscore Brett B. Brett B. Is there a B at the end of yeah, it? Yeah, it's oh, all right, Jen. I'm never going to get the following you have. I'm not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is like the queen of engagement too. And it's thoughtful engagement, right? Like Jen's not one of those people that's like, you know, when people go for like the easy comments and the easy likes, Jen's the type that will like respond to everybody, deep dive into their life. And then like, <laughs> yeah. she won't go to bed at night because she'll be like, I don't feel like I gave this person enough thoughtfulness. And enough <laughs> yeah, problem. you know it. Yeah. The, She's the main differentiator of you, of anybody else, one, almost anybody else in my life, Jen, is, you know, you and I, and we'll keep this private, but I asked you for a favor, which is hard for me to ask for help. Uh, let's say six months ago. Mm -hmm. And most people, unless you follow up and follow up and follow up, will never do it. And I'm not going to bother you because I have a hard time asking for help to begin with. And I know you're busy and you are the most, one of the most reliable people on this planet because you followed up with me and you're like, yo, are you ready to be connected with so-and-so? And I remember looking at my wife and I'm like that, like, I don't even know the term for that kind of person because they don't exist anymore. But I want you to know how much I value that because that's a, just a real mf -er. And I'm way down the totem pole on your celebrity friends and everybody else. I'm like, there's there's Kathy Griffin, Carrot Top, like all these other like existed <laughs> in the real world in 1990s. I'm like way down at the bottom, and you still remember me. So like I'm very. So oh my god, that's so good, Brett, uh, buddy. Uh, hey, you know I'm not full of shit though. I, I mean know. I'm real about this. I'm not trying to sell you. Like have I ever tried pitching? All I've ever said is. I want to hang out more and I value you. And I just, I'm, I'm too old internally in my soul to put up with people that are full of it and good time friends and just like not real people. Like yeah. I already live, like I'm running out of time and I need people around me that do the same thing because I don't have time to argue about petty shit. You, you know, it's funny, but you said that I was, I had a question for you and um, I thought the question was, which I don't want us to answer. Cause I already have the answer from what you just said. I thought, don't you doesn't it anger you? Don't you get irritated? Like, it's not sexy what we do, Brett. Like, it, it isn't. Like, I we, we don't make false promises. We are not clickbait. We tell the truth, and that's not really sexy. Um, and yet, I'm not angry because of what you said. I'm like, because we, uh, by process of elimination, are only connected to other people that are have this kind of commitment to service and to really helping people and to know that like we exist, it grounds me. It's, it's, it's how I feel about these two men here. I mean, I'm like, if they weren't here, I don't know what I would do. Um, because there are times in my life where I thought it, I'm like, am I the only one here that uh, feels this way? And to find these 
kind of connection points. It's not about followings and it's not about dollars. It's really about, it's like, I want to keep working, you know, working our path because, you know, even this next book you're writing, which I'm dying to hear the title, um, uh, if one person reads it, isn't it worth it to you to make it, you know? Oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, thankfully this one, you know, we have the attention of an agent and a publicist now and all that. And that, um, you know, we, we're trying to, I think one thing that did make me angry, if I can be honest about it is in all these other professions, you see people that cross over and they're applauded for it. I felt like starting off in strength and conditioning and being a strength coach my whole life, you know, as we've started to branch out and do other industries and we worked with Facebook and Microsoft and, and uh, my colleague, Ali Kirshner, you know, got to speak for Stanford med school and we continue to do all this work. There was a period there where I was almost like labeled a sellout because I was crossing over and helping other industries. And I think that's so weird. You know, Jay-Z can be a rapper and a record label owner and then an entrepreneur. Dr. Dre can go from a DJ to a rapper to making beats by Dre. But heaven forbid, you know, a strength coach crosses over into a broader leadership industry. I, and I kind of looked around at our audience and I thought, yo, don't you want more opportunities like in the, in the past, strength coaches had three options. You could either go work in pro sport, college sport, or open your own gym. And, and we're kind of trying to show them this other way of like, the world's used to seeing tech CEOs and all these other people talk about leadership, but think about how many hours we spent in the trenches with unique personalities, people in different fields, different oh, backgrounds, yeah. ethnicities, the way they identify. And I got tired of feeling like nobody, there was nobody that I could identify with talking about leadership in a way that I could also relate to but it felt like I had to fight uphill. And so, you know, now I think we've really started to make headway where people are like, yo, yeah, you're like one of us, but also doing something bigger, keep going. Mm. And uh, it's, it's, but it took a, about a half a decade of that. And uh, it's just interesting, but I, I definitely used to get mad at that. I'd just be like, I'm trying to expand the pot. And just because I don't want to argue about exercises and sets and reps all the time anymore, <laughs> because there's other things. I mean, you're supposed to evolve. I yeah, mean, all but, of them yeah. in your But career. I was going to say, I wonder if you were met with resistance because it creates accountability for the pod. I, I think, I think so. I mean, I think to you actually, I know so because the most common things that we would hear in strength and conditioning is, well, why don't we have a union? Why aren't we paid what we're worth? And it's like, well, grow up. You got to be your own advocate in this life. Grow up, he says. Because <laughs> nobody goes to bed. I mean, and nobody is extreme, but very few people go to bed worrying about how any of you are at night, right? Like it's a very small coterie of individuals. And yet here were all these strength coaches being like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to learn more about business or negotiation or power dynamics, but I want to be paid more. And I want to be, I want to have a more flexible lifestyle. I'm like, well, sorry, you're never going to get a seat at the table if you don't know how to pull up a chair. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to sell yourself, I'm sorry, you also do that every day. You sell yourself that you can get out of bed and be a great father, be a great mother, be a great coach. You sell mm -hmm. yourself that you can overcome adversity. So you can't sell yourself as to why you, you know, like, this whole idea of it's just a lot of martyrdom and that's masked by insecurity. People are supposed to evolve in life. So get around other people who want you to evolve. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I mean, I blacked out. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no. no, no, that was great. <laughs> you know what you're getting with me, Jen? I'm sorry. And I know no, I love it all. No, we're, people, we're but. huge fans. I'm having a great time here. This is, I appreciate that. Did you want to, uh, uh, do you have like time for one more question? Maybe. Bro? Yeah. Jen, I have all the time in the, you're fine. He's got, no, he's got like, he's got like a, he has so much going on at home right now and he pulled away, you know, you've got people in town. So thank you. I know my kids sleeping upstairs and the podcast is just my colleague. We can do this. And we're going to be up till 1am anyway. There's no, 
rush. Okay. It's like, let me provide value for you guys. Seems a lot. Thank you. Well, it sounds like you're actually paving the lane. So like the question that I was going to ask almost seems kind of like not, not you know, <laughs> really? relevant anymore. But really? like, do you have a mentor or like someone that really inspires you or inspired you or any heroes that kind of like, that kind of like, you know, inspired you to be doing what you're doing or, or was it just your circumstances? Cause after hearing your story now and like, it's, it, you're really paving a huge lane, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. Maybe that explains why it feels like it's aged me and it's been, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll answer it two ways. Um, one, I never had a formal mentor, nobody that like put their arm around me. was like, let me show you the ropes kid. Yeah. Um, you know, no, I didn't have a, I didn't have that in strength and conditioning where I first started off. And I certainly haven't had that in my business now, uh, I think that that is what ironically my colleague, and I mentioned her earlier, Allie mentioned today about our audience, we're finding out is most of our core demographic and people that come to us at Art of Coaching don't have that formal mentor. And it's what allows us to create content that's kind of real and targeted is because our work is kind of for those underdogs that had to kind of scrap and find their own way and didn't really abide by one size fits all advice. And it doesn't, it certainly doesn't mean that it's not, if you had a mentor, it's not for you. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a blessing. I'm just saying we're happening to see this common theme. So I never really had that. Um, uh, you know, I think the things that, and th this sounds really stupid, so I'm sorry for this answer, but it is true. <laughs> because I didn't have a formal mentor, I had to seek inspiration and kind of lateral lanes. So when I was hospitalized, all I could do is really listen to music. You know, you can't really exercise. You can't do this. You can't do that. And this is so cliche, but <laughs> one of the people I listened to most was like people like Eminem. And I identified with somebody that was like an outcast, right? Like he wasn't accepted really by, by white people because they thought he was trying to be black. And then black people were like, yo, you're a white rapper. And so like this individual had to work twice as hard as everybody else and find a niche and just kind of own who he was and take this kind of odd route to kind of, do it. And it was like a lonely path. And he always had people that kind of came at him. And so for sure, when I was getting a lot of criticism of going from somebody who I grew up in strength and conditioning me and said, you don't have a brand, don't be a sellout. And then the minute I started coming out of those shadows, people, it was just, you weren't supposed to do it. I felt like a white rapper. You know, I felt like yeah. somebody yeah. that I'm like, yeah. yo, like, but I'm like, I'm real with the craft. Like I'm trying to be good at it. And so I'd listen to music as I did in the hospital in this part of my life for therapy too, mm -hmm. because there were all these things that I wanted to say to people, but like professionalism is pretty important to me. And so I, I would try to not respond on social media always the way that I wanted to. Now there's still times you hit a bully in the mouth, you know, but I think you can do that by the way that you, um, you know, starve of uh, a, a flame of oxygen. Right. And so I just kind of looked at like, how do other people in this handle it? How did this person handle that? And I, I also sometimes wonder if I wish I would have been, I, I think, do I wish I would have had a mentor? And I, I don't know, because I think not having one made me kind of steal, borrow, grab in a, from a variety of places. And you found a lot of uncommon inspiration. Um, so yeah, no, I just, I never really had a mentor it has been a very lonely journey. I think just recently it's gotten less lonely because it just is really hard to find people that, um, I don't know, want, want to put the skin in the game and, and, and go through the darker kind of stuff with you. I mean, I even think about it in the scale of this business, right, Jen? Like I, I don't want this to just, I don't want art of coaching to just be me. At the same time, if we hire somebody tomorrow, they're, I'm sorry, they're not just jumping into leading our courses, 
-hmm. right? These are people that they, they're going to have to earn their way. They're going to have to show some loyalty. They're going to have to, you know, show their character and grit. I mean, it'd be the same thing with you gentlemen, sure. right? Like oh, yeah. you brought on another apprentice. It's like, yo, eat shit for a year and we'll teach you some stuff, but it's an apprenticeship for yeah. real. Yeah. Um, did you guys have mentors? Did you have a direct mentor? Did you kind of have to figure this out? We did uh, like our, our very good friend, Herb Ritz, who is, but the one thing is, is like in photography in the nineties, it doesn't even have anything relevant almost to what's happening today in the world of our, our jobs. I mean, yeah, but his mentoring but, but, really helped in the beginning. Yeah, back, definitely back helps we the, comp, the confidence that you get and seeing how, and plus we, just his lighting and the way he does it. It's a, yeah, the big, so yeah, we no, had a mentor. You, yeah, you, was like yeah. Insane. I, I, yeah. I think what mentorship provides, because like Herb did not, but he it's didn't the tell you what to do, but he continued to say, go, keep going. Oh, he encouraged going. like crazy. Yeah, he yeah. encouraged. Going. And that's, I think, when you talk about underdogs, Brett, it's like, no, just validating it, that you're doing the right. It, yes, like you're it, you you're really good. It you're, just you know. affirms your compass, and it and, and it, I think it's it's part of the human experience to have doubt because it's it's part of how you learn about yourself. And I, um, yeah, I haven't. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, having having said that, had Herb not been our mentor, no, no, I'm, like, I'm not sure I would have been a photographer because it the was confidence such it gave us massive sure. confidence that it would have been really hard to keep digging. It's a really tough business. And it's like, it well, took, it sounds it took like it taught you, a long time. You know, It sounds like instead of, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just kidding yeah. to know you guys, yeah, and I yeah. certainly don't know Herb. It sounds like he didn't teach you what to think, but taught you how to think, mm, you know, like yeah, by yeah. like experiential knowledge, the freedom to explore within boundaries. Is it, was it that kind of a thing? Actually. Yeah. 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 yeah you know what? You're hitting stuff. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, can I yeah, give you yeah. his website? Yeah, yeah. No, I've already been on it. I'm yeah. ordering the book. I got it. I'm, I'm on the oh, phone. You'll see it. Yeah. What, what's kind of cool, the dynamic here, and um, as we kind of come to the finish line here, is yeah. that we have two sets of people, right? You guys had such a special mentor in your lives, and Brett had none. Um, we can give Eminem some credit sure and but, of course my parents you know i, I oh, of I, course yeah, yeah. somebody but, always hits me up and they're like what about your parent and no like, yeah no 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 yeah. but but in in the in the field in the growth and what's neat is whether you have that reinforced confidence or not there is a pathway regardless of the support either of you had you had you all had to continue to go forward it is and i think it's important brett part of i think your legacy is the fact that you are evidence for all these people that maybe do feel like an underdog do feel lonely which by the way to be lonely is not to be alone you know you're never alone but i understand that feeling of feeling isolated or separate and um it's really neat to see there's proof of it that the sun sure, comes up no, tomorrow because you are that for so many, including me. So regardless of how you get there, there is a pathway, but I do think it's important that people know that they ha it still starts within them. They must mm -hmm. continue to go, no matter what anybody did or didn't do for you guys, all of you made the choice to, I'm going to go up to bat again mm -hmm. tomorrow. Keep trying. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, and to that point, I'd say the last thing I could offer is this, if it helps anybody like, I think some of the doubt that I felt at the time was, you know, I had all these people saying, Hey, you're doing great work. Thanks. This is, you know, this is so cool, unique. Yet I'd look around and I, you know, I'd see in other fields, like 
uh, whether it was somebody that uh, came on and helped somebody with content or somebody that was like, I'm going to, you know, you listen to how I built this and all that. And you hear about people leaving like six figure jobs to be the business partner of somebody else. And I'd be like, nobody's knocking down my door. I go, international <laughs> yeah. selling book and apparently traveling all, apparently I, I go, I told my wife, I go either, apparently I'm not likable. My stuff's not that good or I'm just not around the right people. And you do wonder these things at time. And then I, I think the aha moment that I want to give your audience and then I'll shut up is there was somebody that, and he means a great deal to me. His name's Dan Path. Dan Path told me when I, when I first went out or before I went out on my own, what you're talking about is going to take people four to five years to catch up to. And it was that old, I think it was Bruce Lee that first they fight you, then they laugh at you, then they join you. And, and, and Dan was right. And so there might be some people out there that, you know, if, if you feel like your kind of path, you're, you're kind of grinding this alone, one, look at your market, what you're talking about might be kind of a, a little bit ahead of the curve in general. And that's fine because you're going to need that time to shape it. How I talk about our work now is way better than it was four years ago. So thank God. Yeah. Um, also look at your target demographic. What are they used to? Like I'm, I'm an outlier in strength and conditioning. This is a field that by and large was sold just training and exercises and, and mobility. And here I come talking about communication, something people think they're already good at, you know? And so you have to look at your market. You have to look at that product. You have to kind of look at where you're at in the space. And then you got to refine your messaging style. And so, you know, sometimes don't get down on yourself. Just say that there's a delayed training effect, just like the person that's listening and we're in the new year you know, they're going to start training and it goes through, this is hard. This sucks. I'm not seeing results. Well, yeah, for the first six to eight weeks, you may not, um, you know, but those delayed training effects come down just like compound interest helps you in your retirement. So just be aggressively patient. Be aggressively <laughs> patient. I love that. that. Such good advice. It's my rap name, Aggression Patient. <laughs> I've never heard those two words put together. Yeah, yeah it's a great combo. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. I am floor. I never, I never know what I'm going to get, but you're yeah. like the best white elephant gift ever. Yeah. I just yeah. never know what I'm going to get <laughs> yeah, in these yeah. conversations, but it's, I, I so just powerful. appreciate you giving me the opportunity. I honestly, I, um, I don't take these things for granted. I know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't take it for granted. And so I just want to over deliver for you guys and I value you. And I mean it, you need to come out to where we're at sometime, hang out with, let's, we can put some together, figure out how to uh, knock out a lot of stuff that can help people. And also just spend some time Dude, being able to like, just Georgia, hang so out. Colby asked us to go out. So you'll meet Colby. Ugh, talk. Can you imagine these two well, in a room? Yes. Oh, it'd be amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. It'll be in Thank the works. Thank you so much for, uh, for putting it yeah. out there for us. This was, this was really amazing for us. So yeah. I, yeah. Please send me your address, by the way, both of you guys send me your address oh, as well yeah. and then all that stuff. And oh. Jen, you too. I don't even think I, I don't, I have like 12 phone numbers. I, for Jen. Got, <laughs> I got conscious coaching back in 2017 at a rock tape rock fest. I spoke at it and you spoke the day before and I got your book. So I'm, I'm I equipped. You I know, I'm in your corner all the time too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Any my God. I just feel lighter. I have like such a great, I've learned so much about myself actually, even from the first thing when you're telling your own story and stuff, I've had the best hour or I don't know how long we've been on, but wow. It's been like an hour and yeah. 15. I love what you're doing. You're trailblazing like a whole new thing here. And it's really it's inspiring. It's inspiring. So yeah. keep, keep doing this. I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about where you're going with all this. So thanks for the encouragement. It means yeah. a lot. And I, yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting uh, you guys in person yes. and learning more about you as well. And thank you again for the time. Yeah. Awesome. And finally, when's the new book come out? Do we have a delivery date? 
Ooh, we're hoping 2023 we're in the talks with the agent we're going to go to auction with a publishing house here soon and Fantastic. so once that's out there Call is, me. Is much, let's talk yeah, about it before you do it all the way i've been through it and i want to help um, oh you teach me a ton for sure so just as a reminder for everybody artofcoaching.com is brett's website website with all kinds of courses information he actually gives a free chapter of conscious coaching away if you want to kind of take a peek at that it's a great little preview of his greatness also his instagram is coach underscore brett b and, um, man, I just love you. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank your colleague and your wife for letting us steal you for so long. I <laughs> yeah. really, really. Now, I, and I'm going to put you in touch with my colleague, Allie, too. She's got a hell of a story. And I think that you would, you guys would hit it off as well. So if that's not in true, if that's not intrusive, I all. think that you guys would this show try to is, connect with people with good people. The this show is, is called small things in common. It's literally that's keeps you're, that's you're the slice. You're the, you're the thing. circle just keeps getting bigger. Yep. That's, yeah. That's great. So. <laughs> All right, we'll take care. Awesome. Awesome. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye, Brad. (laughs) Okay. Wow. I mean, I I got to tell you. You could just speak for days because, and his story, we could have talked for a day just on his personal story, you know? There's, I felt like I had so much more to talk about. But, but it's been, yeah, I know. We could have gone on for hours. That was really kind of like an intro into what he. He's a special guy, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I am. It's and then that's the, and that's the thing, and that's the power of his work is, um, if I say, oh, he's a coach, he's a guy that coaches coaches. It does not capsulate his his his. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect going on the website and stuff. You think, okay, what is this all about? Now I'm like, oh my god. You see, ten percent of of his yeah, capacity to, re- I mean, he, what he explains and how he articulates and the way he really helps shift people. Is, his is way of so straightforward special. speaking, it, it's, it just cuts through everything. And, but and that, yeah. that thing that happened to him, that uh, kind of was the birth of that's who I wanted he him is to now. talk about it. With that is guys. so, that story is just, that birthed everything. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. That story is still just, I could talk for days just about that. And that you was know? the short version, right? Like, yeah. You got to try to trust when you're in a hard time and you can't understand why you're in a position or things are happening to you. And yeah. it's it can be frustrating. And now you see, you know, was, yeah, 20 years later, little... why? And, and that planted such a seed yeah, in yeah, him. And yeah. you can tell without, you know, it, it just it just changed the way his brain functions and like how he's so intuitive. And so, I mean, it's it's just brilliant. And it's like, I hope we... You know, have him back, or we 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 need. I to can't go wait to, to read his book. Yeah. We're yeah. Gonna do it. Yeah. yeah, he'll he'll send it to. I guarantee you'll be here within okay. like four days. Okay, yeah, good. yeah. conscious good. coaching. It's great. All right. Book. Anyway, wow. Uh, well, guys, it's always a pleasure. I'm yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna go take been, a nap. Yeah, it's kind of emotional. I honestly, I kind of want to meditate on on the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it, no music tonight, no, no TV, music. nothing. I'm just going to stay silent the for the rest of the night. God, I yeah. hope it's late. All right, please. <laughs> oh, no, <that's> late. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks for hanging with us and for being a part of our world. Be sure to head over to our website, smallthingsincommon.com and subscribe. But don't worry, we're not going to flood your inbox. We just want to keep you up to date with new episode releases and fun perks for being loyal listeners. Okay, bye.